Hi, my name is Josephine. Welcome to Learning God's Precepts. This is our very first episode. Welcome, welcome. And today's topic is going to be on our identity in Christ Jesus. I'd like to first start by saying that I'm going to be quoting the Bible a lot uh, over the um, over the course of this podcast. So please, if you can, get a Bible, grab a Bible, or open one on your app. If you if you um, open one on your phone, if you don't have a Bible app on your phone, you can quickly just download the version Bible app. That's the one I use and I really like it. So I'll give you like a second or two, you know, to grab your Bibles. Let's start. You know, think of this as a Bible study kind of thing. So please, you know, pick up a Bible. Okay, so let's start. The very first um, verse I'm going to read today is Genesis chapter 1 verse 27. It says, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, God created him, male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, and subdue it. Then, in Genesis chapter 2 verse 18, please hang on, keep it me. And the Lord said, it is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. And the Lord will cause, and the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam, and he slept. And he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh in its place. Then the rib which the Lord took, which the Lord God had taken from man, he made into a woman, and he brought her to man. And Adam said, This is now the bone of my bones and the flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, because she was taken out of man. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother, and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. You might be wondering, if the topic is our identity in Christ, why is, you know, Adam and Eve, why is all this important? I personally believe that for us to be properly grounded in the noun, or the present, we must have a solid understanding of the past. And what better place is there to start than at the beginning? Now, the Bible tells us in Ephesians chapter 5 that marriage is a pointer to our, that is the church's relationship with Christ. And when Jesus was asked about marriage in the book of uh, Matthew chapter 19 verses 4 to 6, he referred us to the beginning when the first male and female humans were created. So I too have decided to go and start from there. And before you stop listening, no, this is not a podcast on marriage. There's nothing wrong with marriage podcasts, but this, uh, I might even do one in the future, but this is, this is not, this isn't it. This doesn't focus on that. So right now I'll get back to the topic. When God made Adam, the Bible says that he breathed on him the breath of life. You know, this isn't the, book of Genesis to say bring out your Bible you can pause this anytime and go back and check to be sure that you know what I'm saying is exactly what is in the Bible no let's try to be like the Berean Christians when God made Adam the Bible says that he breathed on him the breath of life so what exactly is this breath of life well in John chapter 1 the Bible refers in, in referring to Jesus says that in him was life and that life was the light of men Jesus himself said that he was the light, he is the light of the world, and that he is the way, the truth, and the life. So in Jesus is the life. So in Jesus is the life that is the light of the world and the light of men. And according to Genesis chapter 1 verse 5, God used that light to create a boundary for darkness. Remember in Genesis chapter 1, when um, 
God said, light be, or let there be light, and there was light. And that light was what he used to give boundary to the darkness, to separate the darkness. So, so, in Jesus is a life that is the light of the world and the light of men. And according to Genesis chapter 1 verse 5, God used that light to create a boundary for darkness. So to summarize, God created, God breathed the breath of life into man. And this life is a light that gives boundary to darkness. This isn't kind of, this isn't hard to imagine because if you walk into a room, every time you come into a dark room, if you put on a lamp or turn on the light, uh, darkness immediately recedes and then it starts wherever the light doesn't reach. Like if the light stops here, wherever the light stops, that's where darkness begins, so to speak. So in the going about of his normal everyday life, the man, Adam, that God created was able to push back, give boundary to darkness just by the virtue of the life he, he carries. This meant that darkness had no power over him. Darkness couldn't overcome him. Darkness couldn't comprehend him. You know, he was a, a different, a different kind of species. Jesus also alluded to this when he said that we were the, um, light of the world, a city set up on a hill. Now that we have understood what kind of man it was that God created, we can move on to the very first command that God gave to them. Be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it. But when God gave this uh, command, Adam was singular, he was alone. you know. And even though God made them male and female, Eve was still inside Adam. And Adam was the only human body roaming the earth. And even though Adam was good, as he was, you know, he was good. Being singular meant that he couldn't actually fulfill his mandate. And this, you know, aloneness, singularity of Adam is the one thing that God said wasn't good. So we have a man, so here we have a man who was good, who carried the breath, who carried the breath of life of Christ and was the light of the world. But he is unable to multiply himself because he had only one body and the body that he had was a seed producing body. And even though the seed was good, without a womb to receive the seed, carry the seed, grow the seed and bear the fruit, his um, ability to function in this world will be very, very limited. So God steps in, puts Adam into a very deep sleep and makes the woman from Adam. And in her was placed the womb that could carry and bet the seed. This is where I begin to draw the parallels with Jesus and then begin to establish our identity, who we are, who we're, who we're supposed to be. In Matthew 28 verses 19 to 20, you know, that we, we all love and we fondly refer to as the Great Commission, Jesus said that we should go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all the things that you know He has commanded us, and that He will be with us always, even unto even to the end of the age. Amen and hallelujah for that. Now, if I'm allowed to paraphrase this, I believe that this is the exact same order that God gave to Adam and Eve, to Adam in Genesis, sorry, when he told him to be fruitful, multiply, and fill the earth. Our Lord Jesus gave us the exact same commission, but this time the way to fruitfulness and multiplication is different. Because what is born of flesh is flesh, and only that which is born of the spirit is spirit. 
we are to multiply now, not along the line of flesh, but multiply in the spirit. So why then do we need to be born of the spirit? In John chapter 12 verse 24, Jesus in reply to Philip and Andrew said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and dies, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth much it bringeth forth much fruit. That word alone comes up here again. You know, and in the same way that the Father said in Genesis that it was not good for man to be alone, Jesus is also insinuating here that it was not good for him to be, you know, alone and singular. He wanted to multiply himself. He wants to multiply himself. He doesn't want to be the only son of God. And her death was the only way. Now, if we flash back to when Eve was created, Adam was put into a very deep sleep before Eve was removed from his side. At that time, there was no sin in the world. So even though Adam was put into a deep sleep, death had not yet come into the world. It had no claim on Adam. So Adam was asleep until when God was done creating Eve. And then and only then was he brought back to claim his bride, to claim his Eve. But now, as soon as Adam and Eve ate of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, the version of them that God created, that had the life that was light, that life that gave boundary to darkness died, sin took its place, entered, entered the world, took its place, and with it came death. So it was no longer a simple, simple matter of, oh, okay, let's multiply Christ, or let's multiply, yes, let's multiply Christ, Jesus, the second Adam, according to First Corinthians chapter 15, verse 14, by putting him to sleep. You know, death now had a claim on man. It wasn't a simple thing of, oh, uh, let's put him to sleep. Death had a claim at this point. Plus, unlike the first time when human bodies had not been created, now we have bodies on this earth. And not only do we have bodies on this earth, the only way the only way in which bodies can enter this world had been established in Genesis. And for God to fully circumvent humanity would mean that he had come back to collect the earth. Because remember when he created the earth, he gave it to us. So if he comes back and says he's going to do this without man, he has come back to collect the earth that he gave to man in the first place. And that can only mean judgment. But since God wanted to save man, he decided to come as man to begin a new creation. But with the bodies of the old creation, unfortunately, after the fall, these bodies had a new Lord. They belong to sin, and the only currency that sin understands is debt. It doesn't want dollars, it doesn't want pounds, it doesn't want euros, it wants debt. You know, Romans 6.23 says, for the wages of sin is debt. So, in order to pay sin its wages, Jesus offered himself up to be crucified. And by this, he paid a, a debt he didn't owe for crimes that he didn't commit. Remember that Jesus Christ isn't of the seed of Adam. And because of this, there is no sin in him. He wasn't born of the corrupt of the corrupted seed. But Jesus Christ was crucified, and by this he paid a debt to a person he didn't owe. This has implications. Now in today's world, if someone is in prison for a crime they didn't commit, when the truth comes to light, the judge declares them innocent, orders their re- orders for their release, and at this point the jailer has no right to hold them back in prison. But even though they get released, the life the person lost by the time they spent in jail, it cannot be returned. A price has already been paid that cannot be retrieved. Through through Christ Jesus, sin was crucified. It received a payment 
which is debt. So now, Sin has received a payment of debt from someone who doesn't owe him. The accounts are not balanced. The maths, it's not, you know, it's not balancing. It's not mathing properly and something needs to be fixed. So Jesus decides, you know, this was obviously the plan from the get-go, that he's going to apply the substitution principle. I like to call it the gift card principle. He pays, but we get to use the gift card to take the goods. Jesus has paid, but he's not actually buying anything. He's offering it to us. So Jesus substitutes his payment to sin for us. All we have to do is accept the offer. This means that as soon as we accept this offer, sin no longer has a hold on us again because he has been paid already. He's been paid in advance. You know, but Lord Jesus didn't just stop there. He didn't just pay the price and ask us to, okay, I pay the price. Bye. You know, he didn't pay the price and ask us to evacuate sin. No, he does it himself. When we come to him, he does it himself. Remember that the only currency that sin wants is debt. And once it receives its payment, its payment, the same way that the life that was light died in Adam is the same way that the sin life, you know, is evacuated by the cross. It has been crucified by the cross. It dies in us when we accept the sacrifice and exchange of Jesus on the cross. And in the same stroke, Jesus gives us, Jesus Christ gives us new life, his life, the God kind of life, because he is the way, the truth, and life, and he came that we may have life and have it abundantly. And this happens similarly, is that a word? Similar to the way that Eve was removed from Adam. Plus, he gives us more. He gives us, he seals us with the Holy Spirit. But now, instead of Eve being in one human body, each of us represents the body part of the bride, the body part of Eve. And in the, sa- and in the same way that God the Father finished creating Eve and brought Adam back to life to claim her, Jesus will come back when the bride is ready. And this is why he said that no one knows the day of his return. Only the father does. And since the father is a gardener slash husbandman, it is him that will know when the bride or the garden is ready and will call upon the groom to claim his bride. This means essentially that when we are born again, if we are born again, that we are of Christ and we are for Christ. We are one with him. We belong to him. And our new life is hidden with Christ in God. Now you might be wondering, is there enough life lights, you know, in this transaction? In, in Is the is debt enough for all of us? You know, can you take care of all of us? Is there enough life light for all of us? Was the, the debt that occurred, can it be sufficient for us all? I want to say yes. Yes, there is. In the same way that there was enough sin life in Adam to distribute to everyone born of him, there's even more, there's even more life that is light in Christ for everyone that has been or everyone that will be born of him. Have you received this new life? The Bible tells us in Genesis chapter 1 verse 27 that Adam and Eve were made in the image and likeness of God. But the Adam and Eve that were made in the image and likeness of God died. No one actually met them. In fact, in Genesis chapter 5 verse 3, the Bible tells us that Adam begot a son in his own likeness after his own image and named, and named him Seth. All the descendants of Adam and Eve are made in the image and likeness of Adam, the fallen man. That is why our Lord Jesus Christ, when he came, that's why he had to come in the first place. And that when he came, he said that unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. You know, over time as someone that grew up in church, I got this feeling a lot of time that it was about what I did or what I didn't do. You know, the problem was never that. It was never what you did or what you didn't do. The things are only a result of who you are. 
cat is a cat and it can never be a dog no matter how many tricks you teach it no matter how much time you you train it no matter how much you pay trainer to train the cat it is still not going to be a dog it's a cat you cannot be who you're not the problem was never what you did the things we do or do not do are the fruit of the seed that we carry you want to receive this new life are you tired of acting like something that you're not i want to let you know that i have been there and i can tell and i can tell you without accent that it's like sitting at the table where there's a huge buffet laid out and you're watching everyone else go pack a plate but you can't seem to get to the table no matter how hard you try you turn to people for help you know at best they give you a spoon out of their plates they pat you on the back and they tell you that you're okay but you know that you're not okay those who even try to help tell you to maybe it's the problem is the plate you picked or the spoon you picked or maybe you didn't pick enough plates or maybe you didn't carry enough spoons you know it is always something something that you're not quite maybe the plates are not quite right the spoon do a bit more just keep doing more. but the problem it's not the plates it's not the spoons it's not the cups <laughs> they can't see you know that you cannot seem to get to this table that you came across this podcast today is because God wants to reach you. Yes, you specifically. And now that you have seen who you are and what Jesus has done and what this means for you, the only right response is to turn to him and ask him to save you and, and give you his new life. It's, it's really the only way. Do it now. Turn to him right now and ask. And please be sincere. If you are sincere, I promise you, He will take care of the rest of it.